0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Spirits Rising, where we talk about faith and big ideas. As always, uh, I am your co-host, Dunk, they, them pronouns, and I am joined by...
1: Divi! I'm the other co-host, and I also use they, them pronouns.
0: Only they, them's here. Only they, Um, them's allowed. Only they, them's allowed. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the intersection of identity, especially in regards to faith and the dualism of identity that can be sort of brought on by that. Uh, but uh, we do also have a, a little bit of exciting news. Divi, you want to tell our listeners, our many, many listeners about the exciting news?
1: Why, yes, Dunk, I do. Hello, hundreds of listeners out there. We have a big announcement. Um, so our very good and cool and awesome friend julian who is also on the scm canada board shout out julian is putting out this awesome awesome event called jesus is coming out celebration a queer art showcase so there's going to be a bunch of queer artists there it's hosted in the church it's on palm sunday and we're just going to have a grand old time um if you want to come to the event if you're in toronto Um, It's on April 10th at 7 p.m., and if you want to see more details about the event and the links to register and buy tickets, those will be in the show notes. Um, There are many, many amazing performers there, but arguably the best of which are yours truly, me and Dunk. I'm going to be a vendor, and I'm going to be selling some cool stuff. I like to make crafts. I make my own handmade paper out of recycled paper and flyers and used wrapping paper, so that's cool. And I also make custom lighters. Ooh, ah. And Dunk is a cool yo cool who does poetry. What? Dunk, tell us more.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm going to be uh, performing some slam poetry, which I have not done in uh, quite a few years now, actually. But for something as uh, brilliant and celebratory as Jesus is coming out, uh, it seems only appropriate that I bring back the the old pen and paper, and uh, you know, once again, assume the title of Dunk the Bard Boy. Um, Wait, did you,
1: do you really write on pen and paper, to you use your laptop or phone like a normal person?
0: So I'll I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, o- almost all of my work is is on digital spaces. I'm 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 very much a a, a digital person, living in a digital world. Um, but. Uh, for poetry, honestly, I, I usually write it out with pen and paper first, and then I type it out. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I actually do have a little taste of something from uh, way back at the beginning of the start of my career as, as, as a slam poet uh, that I think might um, have some relevance to what we're talking a bit about today uh, in, in regards to... Church relation to certain cultural touchstones like identity and patriarchy. Um, so, I- I- if you'd like, I can I can recite this for the listeners.
1: Perform, perform, perform.
0: All right. This piece is called uh, "The Path of the Righteous Gentleman." Ooh. let me get straight to it. Axe? Smells terrible. But every 14-year-old boy feels the need to bathe in it every night because he thinks he'll get a girl that way. But that's okay, because by the time he's 15, he'll want to be a man. His own man. And of course, being his own man means old spice, because ladies, look at you, man. Now back to me. Now back at (laughs) him. Now back to me. Sadly, he cannot be me, but he can smell like me, and what new young man doesn't want to smell like an overmasculine man in a towel and on a horse? With diamonds more fake than the abs of the 300. Soon enough, it's sweet 16. He gets gem membership from one parent and protein powder from another. Bulk up, they say. Every chick digs big arms, big arms, big pecs, big legs. Only thing forgotten is a big heart. Seventeen comes around and it's time to get real, get a haircut and keep it neat. No longer can you dress just how you feel. It's time to clean up your act. You've got to do well, get into a good school, then get a good job. You'll never get married if you don't make six figures. Oh? That doesn't work with what you want to do, with what you want to be? Just don't cry about it. You're a man now. Have a drink instead, as long as it's not a cosmopolitan. Only scotch, bourbon, and beer. I didn't raise a little girl. Seventeen ain't over, but manhood fast approaches. I know not what comes next, but I'm more afraid than I ever have been. I feel as though I'm only three feet tall, yet I know that's only half of what I should be. But I'm not allowed to show it because I'm a man. Let me get straight to it. While girls can complain about the waist, legs, face, and color of Barbie, I must be happy with He-Man, the barbarian, or Tarzan, king of the jungle. I must admire the incredible... Hulk, but not Bruce Banner. Indiana Jones, but not that boring Professor stuff. The Amazing Spider-Man, but not that dweeb Peter Parker. Looking up to Superman, but never Clark Kent. The lives we live now always seeming to be borrowed, the world a stage, men and women merely the actors, actors not characters, and while so many women have the sense and strength to realize that it's better to be you and hated than another and liked. By the ones who don't matter. They have the sense to speak out, whilst the gentleman stays silent and unfeeling. No more. It's about damn time we started talking about the stoic path of destruction, the path of the righteous gentleman.
1: Wow. Snaps. Wait, was that the end, right? I read that right, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, sick. I was like, what if I just said that? And you were like, oh, I'm not done. Wow. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. When did you write this, by the way?
0: Uh, I actually wrote this in grade 12 when I was on my uh, pretentious art school's slam poetry team. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
1: can I also just say that, like, we started off this podcast of, like, yeah, uh, only they, them's allowed. And now, like, already, like, what is this? Like, five minutes in, there's slam poetry. Like, what what is this environment we've created? What, what is this queer environment we've created? Um, I love it, though. Uh, so, oh, my gosh. I had so many thoughts, and, like, so many things you said just took me back also to toxic masculinity within the church environment, which is good, because it's very relative to what we want to talk about today. Um but I mean, did you, I don't know, did you have those experiences in church or did you mostly feel that like outside of church, like where did this idea for you kind of come from to write this poem? Uh,
0: Yeah, so I mean, at this time I was, uh, you know, I was working at my church um, doing all of the like audio tech stuff, uh, as well as working in their uh, food sustainability projects, um, you know, the the community garden projects. and I mean, you know, I, I I guess it the experiences that I kind of talk about I think are very much in relation to my experiences in high school. But it also was very much something that I never felt that I could really escape. Um, being raised as as a boy, um, it's you know when I went to when I went to church, um, you know when people are tr- setting up for an event, they're like, oh, we need some big, strong boys here to, like, help carry all the chairs and stuff, <laughs> um, and, you know, being the only, uh, <laughs> you know, boy there that wasn't, uh, you know, um, my my sister, uh, and, you know, or under 50 years old, um, you know, a lot of that stuff, I think, fell to, to me, and I think I ended up doing a lot of, a lot more manual labor than uh, any of my coworkers in the same positions uh, who were all women. Um, Yeah, it was just kind of one of those things like I I was always expected to do like the brunt labor or the heavy lifting, Um, you know, people talked about me only in values of my strength. um, And, you know, I think we're more surprised when I did go up and preach and had, you know, I guess eloquent words to say, right? Um, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, it's like we didn't think that you were, like, such a, you know, like, deep thinker. Like, you had such, like, a skill we You're with all words, brawn. You know? Yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. It, it just kind of, yeah. And then, like, uh, if anyone ever had any, like, tech issues, we had three youth working for all the tech stuff. And yet, I was the only one that was seen as a boy there. So, like, you know, I... <laughs> was uh the only one that was actually asked the, the 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 tech questions um and you know that that like double feeling uh, it, it just it, it was very uncomfortable and if if i'm being honest um you know those little old church ladies can sometimes get a little uh <laughs> they they really don't understand uh you know what's what's maybe appropriate to say to like a a 15 or 16 year old and what's maybe um not so appropriate to say um yeah i mean honestly there was there was like one little old lady who was kind of handsy um <laughs> yeah like pardon very, yeah it was it was quite uncomfortable to be honest um Next, dude. yeah like yeah but the thing is she'd be like yeah she'd come up and like you know put her put her hand at like the the, the small of my waist or sometimes even on my butt and be like it's like you know, and then say to my parents, like, "Oh, you know, it's like if, if Dunks ever given you a hard time or whatever, it's like I'm sure I could take them and, you know, uh, you know, get them to to do some chores around the house for me and I don't That's know. That's so like, weird. Yeah, it was like uncomfortable, um, but like my parents never saw like anything wrong with some of those comments per se, um, because it's like
1: an old lady or whatever, and yeah. also because you're being perceived as a dude, so it's not exactly.
0: Really. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like that weird, di- like weird dynamic there. Um, and like, you know, thank goodness when one of my coworkers, uh, she felt uh, very uncomfortable uh, with one of the men in the congregation. You know, the minister immediately was like, okay, I'm having a conversation with this man to be like, you need to stop leering at this girl. Um, you know, and that was like instantly shut down. But I didn't even feel comfortable to like, talk about what what was going on uh, with the way that I was being treated because, I mean, nobody took it seriously when, when, like, it was just, yeah. Right.
1: Like, you're almost, like, putting yourself at risk to just be made fun of, and then now you're uncomfortable times two because you're uncomfortable because of the situation, and now people are, like, not taking you seriously, so then that's also uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well... A lot to unpack there. I just want to say, like, um, following your train of thought and kind of going back to the chairs thing, too. Have you seen those memes where it's like, yeah, you already know, dunk is nodding for you for you hundreds of listeners out there? Um, so, yeah, like, they'll be like, oh, can all the, like, boys come up to the front and carry the chairs? And then the meme is, like, a young girl, like, carrying, like, eight chairs. And why is that the universal church experience? First of all, like, why are there so many chairs? And why does everyone start deciding that the youth are going to be the ones to pick the chairs and then not just to eat the boys? Like, why is this such a universal experience? Because I definitely had this experience. Um, and I will say, like, the, there were moments where, like, allyship was so important to me in church um to kind of like stand up for me in those situations like for example oh, I have so many stories Dunk. like stop me if I, too many stories come out of my mouth and you're like okay Dave you've been talking for like 15 minutes let the, let's take a chill pill but like one moment I remember is like I would try to help when I was younger and you know folks would be saying like oh no don't do it let the boys do it let the boys do it and I would get really pissed because I'm like I want to be strong like I want to be helpful yeah. you know and then there was one moment where people were unpacking the car and this was like after years of being in that church and conditioning of like don't help like just let the boys do it or you're gonna be told otherwise and then the past, or and then an individual at the church <laughs> looked at me
0: <laughs> and
1: then was like and was like like, aren't you gonna help unpack the car and i was so like i froze in that moment because i'm like what like what do you want from me like do you want me to be helpful or not like i was so confused um it was really confusing and then the allyship thing is like i used to have a partner who i dated in church um and they were one of like the older uh well not boys at this point like the men so like one of the older youth um who, who would be told I, uh, who would be told to like carry things and do things and i would they would always like also ask me to help them because they like we've had these discussions and they knew that i like wanted to be asked to help and not just like the only way to help is to like mop the floor in the kitchen like there was clear gender roles in like the way people would take care of the church and one of those things was like carrying out the garbage because the garbage wasn't really that help help Heavy, but they saw them as like, oh, big garbage bags. Like let the men bring it out. So then my partner would always like when we're cleaning up after, instead of vacuuming and stuff, they would like be like, hey, can you like throw out the garbage? And I'm like, yep, got you. And then the aunties would like yell at him and be like, why are you making, um, them throw out the garbage and stuff? And they were like, no, they want to do it. I'm like, yes, please, like let me do it. Or like there are moments where I'd carry stuff and then they'd like it's so weird to say they'd let me carry it. But honestly, at those times that was the situation, like everyone was putting this work on this person and he was like, Hey, can like you help me out and also I'll help do other things. And I'm like, yes. And like that, just like basic asking someone as a person to help for some reason that felt like really special to me. Like that was like, I don't know, but it shouldn't be the case, right? Like that should be the norm. But it felt super special in that moment that someone was like treating me like a regular person, ask me to do regular tasks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think my my coworkers, um, you know, I I will affectionately call them a little bit lazy. Um, (laughs) The the, the truth is, I think when I was expected to do all, like, the hard work, they were pretty good to, like, just chill. Um, Right. So, like, Sunday mornings for, like, all the audio tech stuff, like, set everything up and do everything. Like, I'd be the one running around and doing everything, and they'd just be, like, vibing in the sound booth, just, like, I don't know, playing Pokemon Go. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily think that it was as overtly terrible, because, I mean, like, uh, uh, we all did decent amounts of, of labor. I mean, we were in a gardening project. We were taking care of and, and cultivating produce, right? Um, so there was points where we'd all have to do, you know, do the hard work and roll up our sleeves and everything. Um, but, like, for any, like, particular things, like, you know, grabbing bags of, like, manure or soil and stuff, like the heavy lifting, um, that was, like that 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 would fall on me um yeah but um yeah i don't know it's 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 a weird weird relationship that the church has with with patriarchy and and with uh i guess gender normativity um even in like a more progressive church like the united church
1: yeah oh true yeah i think uh, you know what even within the SEM. There's like maybe SEM alumni or older staff or just other folks that it's the same thing. Like, you you know, you can say an organization is progressive or whatever, but it's made up of individuals and individuals have their own like experiences and premonitions. Like, I think, unfortunately, misgendering happens a lot sometimes. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it. I've, I think I've seen it be experienced for you, like in emails and stuff like that. Um, and it's happened to me as well. Um,
0: yeah seen
1: so, that too <laughs> yeah so right so it's like you know but I'm kind of getting off topic there it's just every organization has its has its things and everyone needs to be trained and the, the idea is like what is your willingness I think so I don't want to necessarily you know um, say like penalize like I know people within the SCM at least try and they're at least like wanting to be retaught and learn at least that's my impression um, but I also want to touch back on the whole idea of i don't i'm hesitant to call it sexualization even even but like uh definitely like gendering somebody and equating gender to some sense of like sexuality um and the thing you experienced as well like to be honest i also had aunties that i felt like Filipino aunties and felt like sexualizing me in a weird way and definitely not in a you know predatory manner but just in a way that it made me hella uncomfortable. Like, they would do the thing of, like, they're very touchy and, like, like, Filipinos, uh, at least the ones in my um, vicinity, like, aunties and stuff, they love using the word sexy for some reason. And if you look good, yeah, they'll call you beautiful and sexy. Like, they use, like, using both of the words, those words. And I just felt so uncomfortable. And oddly enough, my experience with, like, the older men in the congregation was completely different. Like, I felt way more comfortable with them. I had... Uncles in the congregation that I would hug, and we would be, we were, I was super close with them, but it was way more comfortable, even than the aunties. So I feel like church aunties are just wilding. Like, I don't know why,
0: but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ch- ch- yeah, I think older church ladies are just um, a, a, a whole breed in and of themselves. And I, I feel like I might just low key be making an enemy of myself uh, with the entire United Church women group, but um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is there is something to be said there it is uh it is kind of weird like uh i mean my my friend kelsey uh works at a an old folks home um Mm -hmm. and what she what she will say is like you know sometimes like you know being like an an, an attractive woman and all um you know sometimes you know like some of the older men at the like the residence will be like oh you're looking good today or like oh i only i was you know so younger whatever um but like the the little ladies at the nursing homes, the, like the, the little lady residents, Holy right. shit, they can like, they can really get it. They'd be like, you know, you got some nice arms there. You got a <laughs> you got nice ass there. It's like, Yo, you should come here and uh, you know, why don't you help me in my room? Like, what need some help getting undressed or something. Yeah, no, it's like unhinged.
1: What is going on?
0: Yeah, I think we just I, tapped yeah. into
1: something here. I've never heard so. anyone talk about this before, but like, yeah, why are the church aunties? Like, what is this energy?
0: yeah it's like uh, it's it's like at a certain point if you're in a church community and and you're a woman at like you know above a certain age I, I guess as soon as you retire right or maybe as 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 soon as you know your like family is like as soon as you have grandkids maybe i don't know somewhere around then you just you just uh stop becoming like a respectable um person and and just become like a construction worker
1: <laughs> oh my gosh you transform
0: mm-hmm yeah,
1: you just, just fucking wolf just, whistling and. Yeah, you're like no one can no one can hurt me now. I'm your elder. Let me like say what I want, kind of thing. I'm just an innocent old lady. No, I'm am cr- painting this picture that I don't <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> like I'm I'm genuinely thinking is accurate, but I think this is just such a it's such an interesting um, phenomenon here that we've uncovered with church aunties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I also want to talk about like uh, that I, like. Oh, there's so... This stresses me out even just thinking about it, as you can hear from my potentially many grunts. Um, People saying that, like, online, that, like, toxic masculinity or, like, patriarchy, and people were just, like, not clear on what that means, thinking that that means that people, like, hate men or that men are bad. And it's, like, no, patriarchy and toxic masculinity, like, hurts everybody, hurts um, non-binary people, hurts women, hurts men, hurts everybody... Um and I saw that, like, firsthand growing up in church, too. Like, I remember there was this one kid who... Okay, so we had, like, a dance team, right? It was, like... But it was, like, church dancing, so it was, like, tambourines oh, and, like, ribbons, that kind of thing, right? Okay. So was, yeah, so there were these two dudes who wanted to be on that, like, dance group, and they were practicing with us for fun. They quick... Not quickly, but, like, at the first two days or two weeks maybe that they were doing it like like they were seen as like oh yeah that's pretty this it's so cute it's so funny that they're doing this but the more serious they got into it the more concerned um one of the church authorities got and they actually like kicked them out and told them they can't do the the tambourine dancing because that's like for women or that's for the younger girls and i was like what that's so lame like they want to dance for the lord how are you gonna tell someone they can't dance for god like that's so lame Um, yeah what the fuck Super lame. And then another one was this kid who, like, bought this, like, pink hat. And then this was a layered issue, okay? So then um, their hat was taken away, and the parent of this kid gave it to one of the female youth, the young girl youth. It was like, here, this kid can't wear it because it's, like, pink. There were many problems. There were many problems with that. One, they were like, obviously, pink is a girl's color. Um, As we know, it's in the ten Ten Commandments. Pink is for girls, blue is for boys. I think it's, like, the third commandment um <laughs>
0: no it's, and, it's 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 the 12th commandment you know there, there's, there's oh. the, the the other five oh, like the extension on the third tablet yeah that, that right it was just accidentally dropped right
1: oh yeah i forgot yeah. about volume three i forgot about that volume um so yeah so it was, it was the third 12th or 13th commandment as you said um but also they were like oh it's gonna be a signal to other guys and they're gonna think you're gay and they're gonna hit on you do you want that and obviously had to be like, oh, uh, no. So then there, there was just so many problems, so many layered problems. First of which being that, like, pink was originally for boys anyway. And, like, fashion is not an innately, like, universal gendered thing. Like, high heels were made for men. Um, all these things that, like, fashion is, changes over time and is, like, fluid. And it's only society that, like, starts gendering fashion or puts starts putting these rigid rules on, like what different genders can wear or can't wear. Um, but that boy in that moment was restricted from expressing themselves or wearing a color that they like. Like, their favorite color was pink. And that other boy was prevented from dancing for God in the way that they felt called to do or that they wanted to do, all because of, like, gender roles in the church.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a few ideas around that. I mean, firstly, like, you know, being half Scottish, like, we wear kilts. Um, like,
1: School-ish.
0: Oh yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> if you had the chance to change your fate, would ya?
0: Do you know that? Yeah, I know that. I'm not gonna okay. fucking entertain that shit though. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know the, the, the identity of a real Scott, you gotta know how to get out of my swamp. Whoa. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> or, all right. No, Scott, I, I, it's, I it's really just, Scots are angry.
0: Um, yeah. Oh no.
1: Okay, go on. Um, I'm ready.
0: No, I, I, I do just have to say, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme with, like, Willie, the, the, the groundskeeper from The Simpsons, being no, like, brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like oh. Scots and Irish, or Scots and the English, or Scots and the Welsh, Whoa. or Scots and other Scots. Damn <laughs> Scots, they ruined Scotland.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, and Skinner's just like, oh, you Scots are contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. Oh, you know on. that that is that is the true Scottish vibe. We're just angry Protestants. Um but like yeah, we wear kilts and that, that that was designed primarily for men. Like it 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 seems almost ridiculous to have heteronormative gender fashion in that regard. But like it it is interesting that you bring up this sort of like really I I guess even draconian sense of uh you know gender normativity in in your church. I mean like you know my church growing up willowdale uh you know we had uh you know my my our 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 minister was uh, a a woman and her wife was also a minister of another congregation um so like some of that stuff was a little bit not really cared about um you know it's something that united church very much celebrates in in their their, queer theology um but like it is interesting even with like the the colors because like you know, thinking back about, you know, wearing, like, your Sunday best and stuff, like, you know, good dress shirt, or, like, a suit or whatever, um, like, I, I always remember, like, so often, I think my dad wore, like, pink dress shirts and stuff, and, like, had, like, you know, pink ties, because he looks good in pink, and he damn well knows it, and, <laughs> like, you know, there were other, like, older men who had, like, pink dress shirts, so, like, pink, you know, stripes on their ties and stuff like that, and, like, it was just a good look, right? It's, it's, almost weird to, to hear about people being so obsessed over, over colors in, like, you know, the 2010s. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think, like, well, I could be wrong, but I think I'm, I'm right in saying, like, you know, these church authorities didn't think they were being harmful, obviously, or I think they wouldn't do it. Um, I think that they thought they were upholding good, honorable values of society which i think as we both would agree are not th- yeah. not accurate
0: and I, I, um, I think that's the thing there right like it's it's so ingrained into us by the point by the time that our brains are fully formed that we cannot help but but hold on to some of these things and just think of them as as good right like the the idea of knowing like a fundamental truth right um or something that you hold to be a fundamental truth Um, you, you are going to perpetuate that whether you're conscious of it or not.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And like, even, I don't know, even now I have struggles with my mom in like explaining some things and why certain things just like aren't fundamental truths. And I'll explain them and sometimes she'll see it and then sometimes she'll be like, she'll just be like, I can't argue with you as to why you're wrong, but I just know I'm right. And it's kind of what you're saying. It's like it's so ingrained that they just like they really believe it. They really believe like they know what they know. And it's, you know, there was a saying in I don't know, maybe you've heard this before. It's like I've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice. And it's just that like older folks know way more than younger people, which I think is true in some areas. You know, I will never have as much life experience as my mom does or as any of those church folks do. They've gone through more than. I probably will ever go through in my lifetime, but that doesn't mean that they therefore know the whole solid universal truths of the world. They just don't know. And it's harmful for them to think that. And it angers me to think that even today, like there are so many kids going through what I went through, what it sounds like you went through a little bit and what I know those two boys went through of just constantly being, um, put down or put into boxes because of something as stupid as like identity and what people see that meaning.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, it it is interesting how you can say like, even our parents, like, you know, as as accepting of our identities uh, as as they may be, um, you know, sometimes they even struggle with some of those things a little bit too. Um, I remember uh, in the summer Um, I was hanging out with my, my mom, uh, at my parents' place. Um, and was it, she kind of like, uh, she, she's, she's made my childhood bedroom into, uh, her work from home office, um, and completely colonized my closet. So it's, it's (laughs) entirely just like her jackets and stuff. Um, and so I was just like, I don't know, I was just talking to her while she was doing some work and stuff. And then I was just like fiddling through the closet and I saw this like gorgeous, like knee length uh like leather trench coat kind of situation uh from like you know the early 2000s and had like these buttons and stuff and it was my mom's um and like you know unfortunately I don't think she's ever gonna like fit in that jacket again um because it was from 2002 before she got pregnant with my sister and um so like I was looking at it and I was like this is really nice, like, uh, how come I've never seen you in this? And she's like, oh, yeah, it like, hasn't fit since, like, I was pregnant the, the last time, right? Um, and so I, I just, like, looked at it, you know, I was I, I thought it was really nice, I thought it looked super cute. So I tried it on, and I was like, yo, I'm kind of liking this. You know, I checked myself out in the mirror, and she was just like, yeah, you know, honestly, it's, it's kind of working for you. Like, I, I think, like, the fit and everything, like, it's it's a woman's jacket. She's like, I, I think the fit, like, is really good on you and stuff. She was like, you know... I think being very, um, you know, she, she was being like very supportive of that. Um, and, you know, she was just like, yeah, I know, it does kind of look good. I was like, I mean, I was like, can I can I maybe, you know, steal it? Can I, can I take this? And she was like, mm, I don't know, because like maybe someday I would like to wear it again. I don't know, like maybe you could borrow it. I'm not sure, but like, you know, it is something really nice. It's really, you know, really nice Daniel leather jacket. So, like, you know, it's something I want to keep on to maybe. Um, and then my dad walked in. And he looks at me and he's just like, "What are you wearing?" And I'm like, I was like, do you, do you like sick it? I, ass I jacket?" It looks, yeah, it's like uh, I feel like I look pretty good in this jacket. What do you think?" And he's just like, he comes over and he looks at the he, he literally looks at the buttons and mm. says, "The buttons are on this side, which means it's a women's jacket. Bruh. You can't wear this." and And my, my mom was looking at me and then literally just panned over, looked at my dad narrowed her eyes and then just said to me without without breaking con- eye contact with my dad just being like yeah dunk you take that jacket oh um, and she I was like, like not sh- oh
1: my god
0: yeah um yeah and then like i was like hell yeah okay dope and my dad was like you can't wear a woman's jacket it's like that's not what men do and i'm like not a man and he was just like Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair point. Oh, my gosh. Um, like, he had just kind of completely forgotten because he just sees me as, as, as a man. Um, and, you know, that, that that's that's a whole problem in and of itself, I guess. But, uh, you know, he is kind of trying and sometimes forgets, I guess, and all that. Um, but then I was talking to my mom and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like I was thinking about, like, you know, maybe, you know, trying out wearing, like, you know, in the summer, you know, trying to maybe, like, try like, crop tops and stuff. And my mom was just like, oh, I don't think you should wear a crop top. I don't I think that's just a little bit too feminine for you. And I'm like, what, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> well, like, w- w- we j- we just had this moment over here where I'm allowed to wear this woman's jacket, but a crop top? And she's like, well, there's a certain type of gay men that, like, wear crop tops like that. And I don't know if that's necessarily the, the like, look that you want to go for, the way that you want to be perceived. And that moment, I was just like, wow, okay, so th- this is a, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of situation, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, I know that there are some folks that, like, they have severe uh, examples of, like, difficulties with their family, um, with things like this, to the point where, like, you know, people end up, like, cutting ties and having all those types of um, issues, which are really hard to deal with. Um, And I have thought about that before with my mom, I'm not going to lie to you, but it is, like, me constantly having to see and realize, like, how much she loves me and that she's trying... um, Even though it'd be painful, Um, which, you know, is a discussion I've been imagining also to have with um, someone else in our circle and just, like, having the space to talk about that more because, yeah, I don't know, it's hard. Like, for, I guess, to bring it back to, like, church and identities within the church, like, I don't see myself ever going back to that church um, because they just aren't accepting of certain identities which is really weird because they like to use they're one of those churches that like to use the, like all our welcome sign outside i'm like eh, that's a lie and a half like yeah you know like i don't know i can't see myself ever going back there but it sounds like so we're both places you were raised like i don't know where you did you like jump churches growing up or you raised in like one church and there were like, was it, you were raised in United Church of Canada and it was affirming and that was like the church you grew up in?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, nice. yeah, we've been affiliated with United Church. Uh, you know, my great, either great or great great grandmother um, was actually one of the uh, people who was, who was uh, conversing with a bunch of the different local congregations in Manitoba uh, with like the Methodist congregations and such um about uh joining this new amalgamation for the United Church um way back in in the 1920s um so yeah we've been like United Church folks since the get-go um yeah but uh yeah i mean like we 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 went to one congregation when we lived in Brampton and then when we moved to Toronto um we we joined this other one that i became very involved in um But, yeah, it's always been, like, quite affirming. I mean, like, the United Church is under a, uh, what's called, like, a free church system. So, um, basically, what that means is, like, you know, if you go to, like, a a Roman Catholic church, um, the order of service for mass and stuff, it's going to be the exact same anywhere else in the world. Right? And if you go to, like, a Lutheran church, um, you know, the that, that, service and their liturgy is going to be pretty much the same everywhere in the world because they follow this like heavy set like draconic liturgical ordo that represents the theology of their denomination um but the united church is very much about liberation and independence um you know autonomy and such so we reflect that by saying we don't have any like direct rules for our liturgy. Each congregation can kind of design their own. Uh, you know, we have some guides, but like, you know, some come from Methodists and some come from Presbyterian and some come from Anglican. So like, you know, if you have some of those traditions in your, in your individual congregation, like use that to shape your liturgy and your cultural touchstones for your theology here. Um, and so like with that, I think it's, it's, there's less of like a central notion of what it means to be the United Church for individual members. Um, and the theology is not always reflected. So like, you know, you can have people who are part of the United Church that are still homophobic or are racist. Um, like I know, I've I, I heard from colleagues that like, you know, the London area in Ontario like that, that like greater London area and all. Like there there is a huge issue with racism in the United Church communities there um, not not saying every individual congregation there is racist but um, there are a lot that do have so, some some issues around that in fact um, one one of my colleagues uh, was talking about their one of their home congregations um, you know there there was a, a black family that came to visit and see the church and was thinking about joining the community and literally ever like the, the entire congregation was white and, you know, people were coming up and asking them, like, really inappropriate questions um, and, like, just assuming things about them because they were black and stuff and, like, you know, just made it so uncomfortable and inhospitable that these people couldn't couldn't be a part of this congregation because it was just inhospitable, right? And, I mean, like, I, I think to a certain extent I had some of those experiences in my United Church, just, like, you know, like, how older white liberals can be, like, you know, unaware of their ignorance at times, and so you kind of get, like, some taste of that, like, diet racism, um, but, like, as, as a whole, the United Church stands firmly in anti-colonial preaching and, like, you know, works of reconciliation and even promotes, like, multi-faith, uh, theory and practice to accommodate, uh, you know, indigenous spirituality and such, but, like, that isn't always as reflected necessarily in our liturgy. So it's not as reflected to the individual congregants as well as it could be. Um, so like, you know, when, you know, we did come to this church and our, our minister came out as lesbian, um, you know, there, there was one family that did leave. And of course, when, when she was first hired, having a, a woman minister at that church, um, there was one member of the, um, the choir that left. Right. So it's 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 weirdly nuanced in in like the individual sense, but as as a whole in the institution, it's very supportive, very opening, very welcoming. And there's a lot of resources for that kind of stuff. Like you can become like an officially affirming church. um, And that means that your congregation goes through affirming education, uh, usually with organizations like Affirm United, which, uh, you know, our our friend Julian is uh, on the chair for and I think is helping run this uh this event that we're talking about um you know they actually like meet with the congregation and they go through a lot of like training and education to talk about like queer identities and queer affirmation and you know all that kind of stuff to like really help people understand how they can be supportive allies and be a welcoming community for queer folks of faith and the issue i guess uh, around that is um, it is optional training. So a congregation can decide to get this and to become an affirming congregation I mean technically they're supposed to be affirming because the United Church stands firmly in, in, in affirming queer identities but to get to be like an actual quote-unquote affirming church you have to get this, this sort of training done but that, that is a choice that the congregation has to make.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like, I don't know, my experiences are different, definitely different. But what you're saying about, like, macro beliefs as, like, an organization or as a church, as a denomination versus, like, micro individual beliefs is very interesting I, you know, I've grown up in two main traditions, because I was raised Catholic until my mom converted to Pentecostal, and then we switched to a Pentecostal um, evangelical church, and in the Catholic church, you know, on a big scale, I don't know the updates now, like, maybe it's different, I don't think it is, but, you know, being gay is definitely a sin, Um, if you go to the roots of Catholicism, you know, you can get pretty racist, pretty, um, now it's still pretty patriarchal. Um, and things like that, whereas like on a micro scale and like individual churches and like Catholic schools, they're very progressive. Like um, we had a gay Shade alliance in my Catholic school and like we did Pride Week and all these things, even though these aren't necessarily things that were like encouraged by the diocese, question mark. I don't know who, who the leading body is for those things, but like those were things that would happen in those churches and in individual churches, you know, the congregation is much more affirming. Like usually Filipino Catholics um, are more queer affirming and open as opposed to like Filipino Protestants, for example, at least that's my general experience and general observation. Um, And whereas whereas in, you know, the Pentecostal church example, um, I have a lot of thoughts, but one of them being like you mentioned, you know, in being a congregation of like all white folks, you're gonna have those like, maybe microaggressions or things that, people will just kind of overlook and not totally understand. And I would say like in a Filipino church, those definitely still exist. Um, And my mom had literally sat me down and told me once, like I was talking to her about like racism and um, things specifically within the Filipino community. And she was like, Anak, I have to tell you something. I'm like, yes. And she's like, to be honest, Filipinos are racist. And I was like, mom, you don't have to tell me like, I already know (laughs) like the amount of colorism there is heavy as well as like the amount of racism there Um, to the point where like when I was still in that church and I was trying to see, like I was trying to make that my home church and make myself feel more comfortable there. So I was trying to be a leader and change maker in that space so that I could turn it into something that I was comfortable with, including having like when there was like a whole bunch of BLM stuff happening last year, like, doing a presentation for our youth on, like, microaggressions, specifically in Filipino communities that Filipino youth have towards black communities and doing that kind of thing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, I left, so I didn't feel like I could... I I did. I don't feel like I really could do as much as I wanted to, but, um, you know, that in itself is interesting, like, whereas, like, there are certain folks who have microaggressions one one was not even microaggression I heard on the pulpit a guest preacher and she was like old she was like in her 80s or something like that but she flat out said something hella racist on the pulpit and I was like oh my god I think I was like 11 and I was just shook like my jaw dropped I was like I can't trust anything else this woman says after that like if this is how she thinks how can I trust anything else she says um and that was a whole struggle but then on the other hand like now I feel like there's a balance of like me you know looking for queer affirming church and then i felt like i found that but it was like also a majority white church and i was like okay i'm also not comfortable with that either like i want to go to a racialized church i want to go to a church with like a lot of filipinos but then also is queer affirming but also is this and this and this that but it's like can you have it all in churches these days like does that exist i don't know
0: yeah and this is where we kind of see like the the intersection of identities right like i mean the fact is is that um you know with Uh, especially like indo-caribbean i think like colorism is is definitely a big thing um i remember one of my cousins uh at one point telling me like oh like you know it's like part of the reason why why you're so handsome and everything is because is because you're 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 white and i'm like yeah and it's just like i may be half white but i got darker skin than you i don't know what the fuck you're talking about um but like yeah little things like that I, i think there is this like you know a, a obsession with with whiteness and with lighter skin and such um but like there is yeah there is very much uh, a, a point in where you find that you know queer groups and like BIPOC groups are sometimes it, it almost feels mutually exclusive um yeah you know I, I remember uh going to one of my cousin's uh weddings right and um her her father who's really not related to me um is like or, or not really related to, to to any of us like the in-law f- father on this side of the family um who's also out of the picture now um he went up to to speak at his daughter's wedding and stuff at the reception um and you know he was like he was like it took so long for my for my lovely daughter to get married but honestly i'm just so glad that it was you know uh, a, a marriage to uh, a man and and not Cringe. anything else because as we all know you know every good muslim here knows um it's adam and eve not <gasps> adam and steve and then a bunch the of people steve. like half the fucking family just started like you know clapping their hands and like hooting and hollering and shit oh, and God! I'm literally i'm just like sitting there with, with my immediate family and some of my cousins are just like wow okay cool uh <laughs> this is not where i want to be um, yeah, and like that—that's before I came out as as queer or anything. That's when I was like fifteen. But still, it's like to 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 see parts of your family react in such a way to someone else's identity, uh, especially marginalized people of color, not affirming the identities of other marginalized groups. It, it feels it feels so very weird. <laughs> um, it, is, it is very uncomfortable. But, but also, like, on, on the inverse of that, like, I, I've been in a lot of, like, queer spaces, I'll, I'll say, especially, like, you know, when I was in Peterborough, um, you know, which is, like, more, I guess, like, small-town Ontario kind of, kind of vibes. Um, being in queer spaces sometimes definitely felt like I was choosing a white space. Um, like, there is an issue with racism, and it seems as though a lot of white queer folks that I've encountered almost feel as though they cannot be racist because they are also marginalized by their queering identities, and they don't ever acknowledge their own racial prejudices.
1: Right, facts. And I feel like, uh, it's honestly, okay, I I can only speak to my experience, but one thing I will say is I even know women who are misogynistic and say really evil shit about other women, even in, like, the queer community, right? Um, and it's, like, just because you belong to a certain marginalized identity group doesn't then make you, like, um, what's the word? Um, like, unable to... Be racist or be misogynistic. Um, even you know people in the queer community. There's like phobia within the queer community in and of itself, right? Um, uh, the Adam and Eve thing is so like I've heard that so many times. The I actually found so it so fucking
0: dumb. Like
1: it's so dumb. Like uh, layers on layers of what? Okay, if, if we're gonna be like take that seriously, of course you and me could dissect that into layers. One being like fundamentalism and like like creationism and that whole route of like, okay, so what are you saying about the story and of itself as like a whole? And then another one being like origin an example not being the definitive thing of what a relationship looks like. Like just because that's one story or one example of an example of creation doesn't mean God is saying that all of creation is gonna, all pairings or relationships in creation is gonna look this way. Um, I don't know, what do you think about that?
0: I mean, honestly, my, my favorite meme reacting to that is uh, the one that says, I'm bisexual because I knew you were that's gonna what say. God says. You know, God says Adam and Eve, not Adam or Eve.
1: You know what? Dunk, I'm mad because I wanted to tell that <laughs> joke. <laughs> I was going to tell it, but then I was like, no, let me give Dunk some time to respond. Dunk, what do you think? And then you stole the joke. Dang. I, guys, this is my last podcast with Dunk. I can't do this anymore. Sorry, Divya. Um, I've ended your whole career. I'm leaving. Um, But yeah, literally the last two minutes, I spent Googling words to try and find the exact meme. Like, I was like, what's the wording? I was like, Googling, Googling as I was listening to you. Obviously, I'm listening, okay. But I was Googling at the same time. I was like, what's the wording? And then I finally found it. And all that worked just for you to say the joke. Like, damn, Dunk. Why'd you have to do me like that? I
0: I think what's really funny is the fact that you probably could have found it quicker by just going into the Discord... um,
1: is it in the SCM Discord?
0: Oh, you know what? I did not share it in the SCM Discord. I think I might have shared it in the Emanuel College Discord.
1: Okay, there, ha. Huh? But yeah, when I looked it up, there, I'm going to say it anyway because I spent all this time looking it up. So here it goes. <clears throat> a reading from Twitter, chapter three, verse two. Oh,
0: Friendly gonna reminder.
1: Now? Huh?
0: You're going to say it now? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Friendly reminder that it is a sin to not be bisexual. The Bible says Adam and Eve, not Adam or Eve. Amen. There. I got to say it. For, the, for our Thank hundreds you. of listeners out there, Dunk is snapping. Dunk is showing a snap.
0: They oh, I'm, I'm sure it's, it'll be picked up by the, by the audio. I'm, I'm hearing it. Now the, it is, uh,
1: maybe it was just my earbuds, but it looked like you were just making the motion. It didn't look like you were actually snapping.
0: Ah, I see. This is the issue with uh, with, with, with audio and online recording.
1: Yes. <laughs> <sighs> Man, what heavy topics we get into. I know, right? I just had to take a deep breath, like, oh, that was heavy. Um, I wanted to also talk about, if we can, maybe this can be the last thing to talk about, because as per usual, you know, y'all, before we started recording, Dunk was like, maybe we should do this to fill up time. I'm like, Dunk, we don't need to fill up time. We be talking, okay? It is, we're, I don't know how long this actual podcast is for y'all, but just so you know, we're at 53 minutes of talking. Um, and we haven't even gotten to one point that I want to actually bring up is, well, I guess this wouldn't apply to you because you said that you kind of, um, well, no, maybe it does. So I want. So we've talked about our past. I want to talk about now and the transition out of. Um, for me, it would be the transition out of uh, my old church into finding a new church home now, and that's kind of what I alluded to when I was talking about. You know, I kind of found a church and they were queer affirming, but they were mostly white. Um, and do you feel like you mentioned the same thing as well? So would you say that like the church you're in now is one way or the other or is it pretty mixed like how are you dealing with your intersection of identity in the church now
0: uh yeah I think I'm seeing it more as an intersection rather than like what W.E.B. Bois talks about with like the dualism of identity Um although that's really more talking about well well, that, that that's a whole topic for another day but um, wait yeah. sorry but
1: can you explain real quick what is dualism as opposed to like intersection
0: uh, dualism is when it's it's, it's almost uh, competing senses um, so uh, the way that uh, W.B. Dubois talks about it is um, I mean like you know I, I think you'll, you'll probably understand this like you know if uh, as a person of color when you're making choices out in public or being perceived by the public you're not just representing your own self but you are representing all the people that look like you um and so there is kind of like that that notion of like how can i act with my own accords and own like sense of what i think is right in my own agency versus like how this will reflect on my community um but also in the sense of the dualism between um you know specifically like women of color right uh you know b- being both perceived as a woman and being perceived as a person of color and how you know, those can interfere with one another and how those relate to one another, um, in very complex, nuanced, conflicting ways, honestly. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, uh, feminism and white feminism. Um, and actually if you look at, um, you know, in, in terms of theology, there's like, there's feminist theology, um, and there's, there's black theology. Um, but also, you know, a lot of women, black theologians, when they talk about, Gender. They don't talk about feminist theology, and they never call themselves feminists. They call themselves womanists, and it's womanist theology. Um, and it's just it's it's uh, just a separation from the like Latin linguistics that's very like white dominated, and just using more plain like this is how we are seen, and so it's just a bit of a differentiation because it is a different experience viewed in different ways. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but I I think I'm seeing it more as like an intersection, like where the roads meet. I mean, like there's, I, I think, you know, being in, uh, you know, training in my master's program for ministry with the United Church, um, there is a whole lot of queer affirming work and there's a lot of anti-racist preaching, anti-colonial frameworks um, that we're learning and, and dissecting as well. So I think I've, I've found a community, it is predominantly white, um, but it is one that has this education and nuanced understanding that also my voice is not even just listened, but it's almost celebrated because I am actively helping people to understand different frameworks. I mean, like sometimes that makes me out to be like a teacher teaching white people about racism, but often enough because of like the readings and because of the work and because of the open mind and perspective that a lot of my colleagues have, it's much less about that and more like a dialogue and discourse about what we can be doing better and, and like what you know, what can we look towards in the future and things like that, right? Um, and there is like a basis of understanding from them um, in their own perspectives. So I, I I think the community that I found in my program has been really quite something. Um, and it is, it is predominantly white, but it's not entirely, right? I mean, like, I have friends in that program who are uh, indo Caribbean. I have friends in that program who are East and South Asian. I have friends in that program who are <laughs> South American, right? Um, it is a diaspora of queer theologians. Um, and that, that is, I think, really quite special. But the fact that, th- I, I, I guess the fact that I'm so happy to have found that queer space that is still predominantly white is telling in and of itself, but the fact that there is one that exists that does have a diaspora does highlight a change going forward in the United Church, at least.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I think, for me, it's the SEM is that community, and I just Mm -hmm. hope that the SEM grows and continues to be representative of all these voices we're talking about. Like, I don't want us to become full of one type of person like I don't want us to be like white queer allies which I don't think we can become at this point because most of our leaders now or I don't think any I don't think we have any white staff actually but um, I, th- I thought
0: we had one white staff member <laughs> like one we? white coordinator
1: no we don't
0: we don't do we?
1: no who? I don't think so Who? Oh, look at that yeah, no, we don't. Um, so maybe that you know, but even within that, like we all have our own personal identities, and um, and I just hope that we can continue to like diversify and be that space for people that I think so many people want, but it's just a matter of like finding those communities who have the same interests. Like I have no doubt that these people exist; that there are people who like are interested in social justice and are queer affirming and are racialized and are looking for that space where they feel like they can be themselves because I know I was looking for that space. Um, And I feel like the SEM is that for me right now. And I still haven't found a home church. And people kind of look at me sideways when I I feel like when I say that because everyone kind of assumes with me and my position that I'm at a church and I have a regular church, but I haven't haven't found that for me yet um, in the traditional sense. And I'm okay with that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if, uh, it makes you feel any better, I currently don't have a, a home church or home congregation um i you know after my time with willowdale uh in toronto i you know went off to, to school in peterborough um didn't find uh, a you know church community there that i i wanted to be uh, a, a part of in the same way um although i did work with trans spiritual affairs and that was my job there so you know i did have a lot of a lot of religious work uh in a, in a multi-faith network um to to find community in but um you know i mean like if i think about it my church community is sem my church community is emmanuel college like i don't necessarily feel the need to be a part of a church right i mean if you go back to early christian teachings right like with uh you know the epistles and, and peter and such like the idea of the church is christians coming together to do God's work through the teachings of Christ. That's what SEM is doing, right? Like that's what we do. That's what we try to do at least. Yeah. Yeah. SEM is church.
1: Amen. Also, <laughs> after that last Ash Wednesday service, we do be running services too. So
0: we do be running services. We might have to look yeah. at like a, a an Easter service.
1: Yeah. I oh okay. Let's not go into talk about that because you know I'm about to go off if we start talking about programming. That's not what this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> trust me, y'all, you don't want this you don't want this podcast to be us talking about programming. Uh, uh, okay, is there anything else we want to talk about in relationship to this topic, or should we do a close? Uh,
0: I think we close can it. do a close. I, I think um, you know there's definitely some ideas that we can be exploring further soon. Um, potentially, maybe even continuing some of these ideas next episode, Uh, but yeah, I think for now we can can sign off.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the good things about this too is like we're not trying to come to any type of conclusions. We're just having the conversations of like what's on our heart and opening it to continuous dialogue with each other and with other people. And we don't have, we don't expect to have the answers at 23 years old of age, (laughs) 23 years old of age. But yeah, like people older than us don't have the answers. Why would we at this point? Um, Pre Sisley. Pre Sisley. All right. Do you want to do the outro, or should I try?
0: Uh. Well, that I think we, we both have some stuff to plug. What do you What do you have to plug, Divy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't. Do I have stuff? I don't think I have stuff. All I wanted to, to All I wanted to be plugged was the.
0: Kofi. Co- coffee coffee. Kofi. Coffee. It is a coffee. See, link. now you
1: can't say it either.
0: Kofi. Coffee. coffee? Coffee? Yes, we do have we do have a, a, a coffee link, uh, K O F I. Um Coffee. Coffee. Um the idea is that if, if you like what we do and if you want to support the podcast, uh, you know, you can uh quote unquote buy us a coffee uh through the coffee link. Uh, it'll be in the show description. Um yeah, we don't like have any advertising or anything for this podcast so uh you know any support comes from you the listener yeah i'm talking to you you individually who's listening right now Yeah, you yeah steven um trey (laughs) um yeah Uh, can i
1: just can i just like put here it's not actually buying us a coffee you're gonna your donation supports the podcast to keep running and the and the funds that are required to continue the podcast so Precisely. Don't worry. So, yeah, it's just You're the, the not nomenclature.
0: Coffee. Yeah, it's really just the nomenclature of of the thing. You know, whether it's coffee or, or well, I guess that would make it sense if it was coffee. Nomenclature. Maybe, maybe it's co-fi.
1: I say co-fi.
0: Yeah, um, kind of like gif or jif. Yes. Yeah.
1: Are you a gif person or a jif person?
0: I am a gif person because it's a it's it's a abbreviation for graphics information format. So, um, like, graphic, not traffic. Uh, yeah,
1: I heard that explanation from the creator too. They were like, yeah, it's GIF. I don't care. I'm still call it GIF, which is why I'm still gonna call it Ko-Fi, even though you already told me that it's coffee.
0: Okay, um, not that I wanna be mentioning uh, Dungeons & Dragons every episode. However, uh, <laughs> what is, I think, fun, is they did uh, release some uh, new uh, playable races. Uh, so when you make a character, you can, you can be like different, like magical races. Um, and there are these hippo people, um, and they are, they're literally, uh, they're, they're, the, the, the name of the race is, is GIF with, uh, it's, it's G-I-F-F and in the little like blurb of, um, about, about the, the, like the race and their culture and stuff, um, they said that the, the biggest arguments that uh, that GIF ever get into is uh, about the pronunciation of of the race name, whether or not it is uh, GIF with a with a hard G or or a GIF with a soft G. Um, nobody really knows, and this this debate can get uh, very heated at times between GIF, but uh, you know, usually die out pretty quickly.
1: Wow! So That's they even like, argue within themselves.
0: Yeah, but I the the, the real thing is. & Dragons. Why did you? Why did you make a GIF meme in your game? Whoa! <laughs> Ten years after the whole GIF GIF discourse.
1: D and D memes.
0: That that's Dunk. basically all it is.
1: Dunk is our D and D meme expert.
0: Very much so. And if anyone is interested in D and D and memery, uh, you can check out my other work at Cast Without Trace. That is a podcast without a trace. Um, like link in the show notes below but also if you search up "Castle trace on any of your podcatchers uh, you'll be able to find us there
1: yes and everything else mentioned in this podcast including the registration link for the jesus come out celebration is in the show notes as well
0: yes you'll be able to to, to see me be pretentious in my poetry and uh be able to buy some cool cool stuff from Divi. i can tell from firsthand experience that those custom lighters are super super dope.
1: A. Yeah.
0: No. Um. Yeah. And uh, as always, uh, if you could, if you're on a platform that uh, allows for uh, ratings, um, whether that be uh on Spotify or uh Apple Podcasts, uh, please give us five stars. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, write a review, and we'll give you a thanks or something. Um. Yeah. We don't really publish or publicize uh any sort of advertising material for the podcast so if you think that you know anyone who'd be interested in the podcast uh you know word of mouth is is our is our best way of getting the podcast out there so tell a friend write our names in the sky yes whatever needs to happen
1: buy out a billboard
0: yeah or free billboards
1: i think that's best yeah all right Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Spirits Rising. You can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Our thanks to the Student Christian Movement for supporting this project, and especially to the SEM York's partnership with St. Theodore of Canterbury Anglican Church and the Diocese of Toronto's Reach Grant.